Hit Radio 100. My name is Raiden Carter, and a good afternoon to you. We're back in the studio with Independent Guahan, the co-chairs, Victoria Lola Guerrero, who is first time here in the studio, well, at least with me and with Independent Guahan's one-hour show here, and Michael Luhan Bavak. Well, welcome, guys. Half a day. Glad to be back. Yes, it's been a fun ride. We've been learning a lot. I have been learning a lot. <laughs> Every episode, and, I, there's something I walk away with. It's really cool. And, and people have told me that they, they like your presence. Oh, cool. <laughs> they, they, they said, uh, somebody told me that uh, you and me have synergy. And I was oh. like, oh, thank you. Oh, I nice. appreciate it. But they were mainly talking about you, not me. Oh, you know what? I, I got to tell you, though, that Michael has... Driven very far. I really like it. Thank you. And so that being said, over the past two days, I want to say three, I think Thursday was the exact date, uh, there was a new Netflix movie that last year we caught hold of and, well, we caught the word of people Mm -hmm. filming here. And that movie was Operation Christmas Drop. And that just recently got released. A couple of people already watched it. I haven't. I know for sure. Rich has probably watched it already and has some words. <laughs> and uh, he actually went off on a tangent about it yesterday and asked a lot of viewers, oh, excuse me, viewers, but listeners, and um, asked them their opinion. And there was a massive split mm-hmm. on whether or not it was something we should be upset about or something we shouldn't be upset about. So mm-hmm. what are you guys' take on this? No, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. For for Fanatsu, for our podcast, our media team, we were talking about doing a watching party podcast and recording our thoughts, a react video. <laughs> but it's funny because one of my students, one of my former students was uh, extra in the beach scene. And so uh, he was like, uh, what you see is one thing, but behind the scenes, it was crazy because he said that when they got there, it was like Hawaii. It was like Waikiki. There was like tiki gods and all this Hawaiian stuff everywhere. And then somewhere along the way, somebody told them, dude, this is Guam. This is not Hawaii. <laughs> oh, no. And so then he said that you could see all the people working on the film rushing to like get all the Hawaiian stuff out and then try to bring in Chamorro stuff. And so there was some people who were like trying to build a laddie. <laughs> so there's like one laddie or something in the scene. Oh, God. But, um, but yes, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yes, I think uh, it all comes back to narrative. What story is told about Guam? What story is told about Micronesia? Uh, Christmas Drop is, uh, you know, it, it really draws attention on uh, here are people out in, you know, the way they're depicting it, out in the middle of nowhere, and we're here to drop these food and gifts to them because they otherwise have nothing, right? And as opposed to understanding how much there actually is to learn from throughout our region that... We eat many other things that we have that have sustained us for thousands of years. That, with or without Christmas drop, uh, people have are not starving in our region. Um, but also, you know, this idea that it's this the film is being sort of lauded as the first film from Guam, which mm. is very far from the truth, as right. we have incredibly talented filmmakers. And I think. Um, this is a nice segue, I think, into Senator uh, Frank Blas Jr., who has joined us on the show, um, because so much of what really matters is who tells our story, why, and what do they say about us. And Senator Blas and I um, have a, you know, uh, a really, I, the way that I really came to know Senator Blas is um, through the storytelling of our World War II survivors. Um, in working with him as a member of the Guam War Survivors Memorial Foundation, 
um, you know, I was always really taken by his motivation um, to tell our story that he had gone uh, to the, the War Museum in D.C. and was like, where is our story? And he has done so much through the War Survivors Foundation, uh, through his work with our uh, Menomku to, to tell the story and also to do it in a way that is true to who we are. And so um, half a day, Senator Blas, we're very excited that you're you're uh, back in office, um, and and particularly because I know that um, I've I've seen in in your interactions with our war survivors, um, we also learn a lot more about the needs of our manamku beyond just what happened to them. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about your plans uh, right now. Uh, one of the big things happening in the community is, um, you know, a lot of we're losing a lot of our our elders to COVID, and um, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I know some of those are war survivors, and um, you know, just see, you know, what you have planned in the in the two years ahead. Well, half a day, half a day, everybody, half a day, Victoria, Mike, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, uh, thank you. First off, I'm humbled uh, that you should ask me to to, to come on to your show. Um, yeah, and Victoria, you're right. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, I've, I've taken on, we've taken on, and, I, and I've got to say that uh, you know that uh, Dr. Mike is is an integral part of this as well. Is is telling the story as the to- story should be told. Uh, you know, when we we started the uh, War Survivors Memorial Foundation. It was not just to memorialize and to honor um, our survivors because, quite honestly, uh, they haven't been and, and they weren't honored. And, you know, and, uh, to be bestowed the honor that they should be bestowed. And uh, we've been barked on this journey to, to ensure that while we can, you know, we're, we're talking about a generation that is, that, uh, uh, it's, you know, they're, they're quickly leaving us, and uh, woe is uh, will will be us if we don't take advantage of the opportunity, um, not just to hear their stories, but also to memorialize their stories. And one of the things that I I was I'm very adamant about um, is that when we tell the stories or when we record the stories for it to be told, for it to be read, or even seen or heard, it's it's told. And it's written the way they say it. Um, we don't editorialize it. We don't. Uh, uh, we don't think into what they were saying. We just write what they say, and it's for, for very good reason. It's the truth. It's 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 what they said. It's what they remembered. It's not what we think they remembered. It's what they remembered. Mm-hmm. But also, more importantly, is that we wanted to. Uh, we we wanted to capture and and hold. For prosperity, uh, the words of our people of Manomku before they pass on, so that 20 years down the road, when you've got the grandkids and the great grandkids and the great great grandkids that are that are sitting around the kitchen table, um, when we can sit around the kitchen table, uh, that you know they go through the stories, they read it or they hear it, but when when they read it, they said, yeah, that's the way Grandma would have said it. <laughs> yeah, that's the Grandpa would have said it. Yeah. Uh, and we want to capture that because that's the essence too of the story. It's 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 how they said it. Absolutely. And uh, and, and uh, you know uh, we're going to continue and we continue with that effort. 
and thanks to to to, to you, Victoria, and to, and to you, Doctor Mike. Um, you know, in helping us to be able to do this, um, I wished I you know that we could have started this earlier and captured more, mm-hmm. but uh, we are doing a you know our best to be able to capture what we can now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and so we wanted to hear a little bit about some of you know something to look forward to in your new term. What's something that you really hope to accomplish? Uh, in general, and then and then maybe how do you hope to um, address issues around decolonization as well while you're a senator? Well, yeah, and, and, you know, I, I think it all encapsulates into the, the story of how the foundation started. And and, and if you don't, if, if you indulge me, I, I'd like to be able to, to tell the story. Um, back in 2009, I had to I had to travel to to, to the capital to Washington D.C. Um, for some conversations, for some talks on um, infrastructure needs that we had. I, I remember primarily it was for, if I remember, it, it 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 was it was two issues. There was veterans issues, and then there was also um, water tank issues. Okay, for for, for GWA. That's it. Is is. Uh, one of the, one of my colleagues, uh, now speaker Tina Rosa Barnes, um, asked if she could if, if she could come along. Uh, one of the reasons is she's actually never been in an official function to DC, and and wanted to wanted to tag along with me so that she knew how to traverse and how, you know how to go through the halls of Congress. And so you know she came along, and my wife was with us. You know my 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 wife came with us too. Uh, and after our meetings on the Hill, um, I remember we had some we had some time uh, in between uh, a meeting that we were having on the Hill and the meeting that we were going to have at Interior. And so, in that time, the ladies wanted to, to go see some of the museums, um, especially about World War II. So, one of the things they said, "Okay, can we go see the Holocaust Museum?" And I said, "Sure." You know, I knew where it's at, so we went over there. And uh, beautiful, beautiful. You know, presentation as far as the Holy Cross. Um, you know, and uh, and this was a they, they were this was in memory of a war that first off, um, no, you know, it, it was a war that happened in, in foreign land, and uh, not to take away from anything, but but really the people that suffered there weren't uh, at that time uh, in, in any way, you know, politically associated with the United States. Uh, but it was a beautiful. Uh, beautiful museum. Then they said they wanted they wanted to see the war in the Pacific, and the only place I knew where the war in Pacific Museum was that was at the Smithsonian. So I said, okay, well let's go over there. So we went over there, and uh, we went and we found the war in the Pacific, you know, um, uh, exhibit. It was in about I say about ten thousand square feet uh, space that it was in, and uh, you know there was a lot of, of exhibits. There were there were a lot of artifacts. There were there were storyboards and whatnot. And then, tucked in a corner, we found a basically it was it, it looked like like be a twenty-four by forty uh, a poster board, and it and it had a depiction <laughs> of you know United States in one end and then Japan on the other, and then there was this then then there was this little dot with a huge arrow from that little dot towards Japan, and what it said was Guam. Uh, launch point, offensive point for for I mean, for 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 the offensive in, in, into Japan. And that was it. Yeah. 
of the 10,000 square feet exhibits, that everything that was there, the only thing they had about Guam was that. Was a dot. <laughs> My wife looked, turned and looked at Horrible. me with tears in her eyes, and she goes, that's it? Nothing yeah. about our people? Nothing about what they went to? Nothing about being the only, at that point, U.S. territory or U.S. possession that was ever occupied by a, by, by a, 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 a occupied force. Nothing yeah. about what, what what the people had to had to endure, you know. Um, and it was there that I made the commitment internally that if they're not going to do it, we are. Viva. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I think... So we came home, and the rest is history. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that is really significant because, um, you know, I remember in, in interviewing Dr. Robert Underwood when he was in Congress about the the very long trajectory <laughs> that war reparations went from 1983 to this day, uh, one of the things that he had to do every term was retell the story of our war and that one of the reasons it's, it was very hard to pass legislation for all of our congressional representatives is that members of Congress just simply didn't know. Um, and so, you know, uh, while there has been some resolution, there has been resolution in terms of uh, the war claims uh, being paid out. Um, there was actually a, a portion of the law, the Guam uh, World War II Loyalty Recognition Act, that actually appropriates uh, $5 million every year in grant funding to memorializing events surrounding the occupation and honoring the loyalty of the people of Guam during this occupation. It, it says that the Secretary of Interior may award grants under this appropriation up to $5 million for every fiscal year beginning on the date of the enactment of that act. Uh, it's been several years since the act was enacted and last year uh, our, our Lieutenant Governor Josh Tenorio wrote a letter to uh, Congressman Mike Nicholas asking that in the 2020 budget for the Department of Interior uh, that, th that he ensure that the $5 million be allocated. Um, and, you know, the congressman never formally responded to the request. He told the media that he would need to look into it uh, and read the law to ensure that he's not just asking for grant money blindly, which was really surprising to those of us who, you know, the minute the law passed, we were we wanted to make sure that everything got through. And this provision was first introduced by Congressman Robert Underwood in 1994, recognizing that Congress was not going to give money to the descendants of those who survived the war but died. And so he thought, let's start what would be a trust fund that could go towards uh, college scholarships or money for first-time homeowners. And it was a way to, to provide justice to those families who did not receive any compensation for the suffering of their loved ones. And so it remains an opportunity that can be brought to Congress in this term. And so I wanted to bring that up today because I know that it is also something that you had raised attention around. Um, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on, you know, how do you think this can move forward? Is this something you hope to pursue while you're a senator? Oh, mo most definitely. Most definitely. This is, you know, uh, I, I, you know, first off, if, if, if it be by way of justification, grant process, you know, uh, uh, we can we can surely and we can surely justify it. Uh, you know, I, I I have no doubt 
you know, got in that. And, and I tell you, uh, the funding, um, you know, it, it, it's not going to be, it's not going to go to waste. You know, and I'm sure that a lot of people, and as far as fiscal responsibility and whether or not, the, you know, it, as far as importance, this is important. Um, because if a community can't remember or doesn't honor its past, you know, what of its future? Absolutely. If it can't remember, if it, if it can't learn from the things that, 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 that have happened before, you know, what are the things that, are, that have yet to happen? I agree. And there's, there's a lot of lessons um, that could be told and that, that could be learned mm-hmm. um, from the, the, the stories and, and from the accounts that can be provided um, by those survivors who still remain. Yes. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, more, what's most important, the urgency is, in this is, is that those individuals that we can, we can glean from, those, 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 those people um, that we can learn from, that we, um, are, are, are quickly passing. I'm yes. disappointed uh, that, uh, you know, the powers that be today, uh, you know, that represent us in Washington, um, didn't take a minute, didn't, didn't see the priority, for lack of a better term, or no, really, the priority that should have been placed in being able to do this. Yes. Uh, that would have, that, you know, that, that funding could help tremendously in, 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 in ensuring that the stories are true and, are, and, 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 and will be held, um, you know, for posterity. You know, I'm, before I came on, I heard you just talking about, uh, you know, the new film that, that was released by Netflix. Um, you know, you know, this, that could have added to the story that we have. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's being able to tell that significance. Sometimes, I, you know, I liken this to, to uh, a, a, a Dr. Seuss story. I don't know if you, you recall this. Court Hears Who. You, you remember that story? Okay. It's about the, the, the elephant that found uh, a, 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 I guess, a planet of people living in a dandelion and uh, they were going to destroy it and there was a great effort to to make sure that they're noticed they're recognized that they're heard and in unison uh with the help of the elephant um they they were hurt and and the the, the, the cry there was we are here absolutely i think that's a really powerful uh metaphor that you've introduced and I feel so terrible because we've reached the the top of the hour um, or the bottom of the hour. <laughs> um, I listen to the radio, but I don't know all your radio uh, jargon. But because you say it's almost five o'clock. Yeah, but I think that you you very eloquently brought us back to decolonization and to what we always need to remember, uh, not just when we're choosing those who will represent us, but um, just in general in our everyday life that 
whether we disagree with people, um, when, when they have taken on the responsibility of representing us, we do not shy away from, from, our, from expressing what we need, right? Yes, that oftentimes that people shy yes, away if right. they feel that someone won't listen to them. Whether you think someone's going to listen or not, we have to speak up. We have to tell our stories, whether they be okay. about our war experience or our unincorporated territory status. Until we speak up, it will go unheard. That's right. And then we have to, and, and in unison, we have to shout it out. We are here. Yes, absolutely. We are, we are here. Well, we are very excited to work with you in this new term. Oh, Good yeah. luck to you. And thank you for calling in. Um, yeah, I hope you have a, a wonderful weekend. And we look forward to staying, staying in touch. All right. Thank you very much. Hagamas. Okay. Thank you, everyone who's out there listening. This has been the last decolonization conversation episode for 2020. Although, let us know. Send us a message on social media. Text Victoria or me if you enjoyed it. Send us ideas you have because we've enjoyed sort of putting out content on the radio. And we're thinking about doing something similar next year. And so we'd love to hear your ideas um, about how to go about it. But I've definitely enjoyed it. I've definitely enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I think yeah. it was really cool that all the all the guests brought it back to this idea of how to you know of representation, representing the uh, the people in our community who are often ignored or left behind. And I feel very uh, happy that we have leaders who are putting them at the front of their service. Yeah, I, I've learned a lot here from this, and I will say I agree with that. Every time we've had a guest or some sort of speaker. Uh, it's always come back to that exactly what it is, the decolonization conversation. And I really appreciate that about everybody. Oh, and remember to follow Independent Guahan on social media, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. And we have monthly events. We have general assemblies. We have podcasts. We have all sorts of stuff. So there's plenty of ways to keep in the conversation, even if we aren't here on Hit Radio 100. And please, please, please vote on November 17th. Um, you know, we're not here to tell you who to vote for, but we hope that some of the things we talked about today help you think more deeply about who will represent Guam and what are the issues that we hope that they will bring uh, with them to Congress. So vote November 17th. It's very, very important. And that is the end of the decolonization conversation here on Hit Radio 100 with Independent Guahan. Absolutely many thanks going out to every guest speaker we've had, everyone who's come over. Again, a special thanks also to Lawrence Azama, who's not here today, but he's been here a lot <laughs> and learning a lot about everything they're doing to, well, push forward for the decolonization conversation. I, for one, was one who learned a lot that wasn't even aware. I'm sure a lot of our listeners here may or not have been aware of that as well. And I appreciate all that I've learned, and I got to appreciate everyone who came in. And also, not only uh, uh, Independent Guaham, but I want to give a shout-out to Lawrence and the team behind Todong Marianas as well, as they're really cool. You can follow them on Instagram as well, much like Independent Guaham. It's T-A-H-D-O-N-G underscore Marianas. But thank you guys for coming in. We really appreciate it. We can't wait to see you guys again. I know I'm going to be the first foot forward if I ever hear about you guys coming back. So thank you. Other than that, you've been listening to Hit Radio 100. It's KOKU-FM in Haganya, Guam, a division of more communications.